the optimal life. Welcome, Karen. How are you? Well, thank you. I am doing great. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing really good now since you told me that you were trying to learn more about me and there's <laughs> not much to find. <laughs> I always like it was that. a little challenging. <laughs> it's it's uh you're like I gotta dig up some dirt on this guy. Who is this podcast that I'm going That's on? That's right. What's Absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing how there's so much out on the internet now. You expect to just be able to Google some, but I mean, listen, you Google my stuff, you're gonna see a lot of this mostly podcasts, just episodes come up, but you're like, I need a bio, I need some background. Come on, you got a, a rest record. You've got exactly that's family. what I was looking got, for. What's going on here? What do you do for a living? All this kind of stuff. How funny. Um, yes. <laughs> well, I know what you do, and I'm very intrigued by uh, your background and the things that you're doing to help people. So let's start with this. What exactly is metabolic syndrome? Oh, that's a good question. Um, unfortunately, it's something that's becoming much more predominant uh, today, and it's a constellation of different symptoms that folks have. It includes high blood pressure, high blood sugar, um, excess body fat, especially around that belly, and um, abnormal or high bad cholesterol levels. And it unfortunately, it also increases one's risk for cardiovascular disease and heart attack and stroke. Um, and the prevalence uh, recently, it's just been skyrocketing. I believe it's now at about 64% of adults over 20. And it it was maintaining pretty steadily until the late 80s, where it was sitting around, I don't know, 15 or 20%, I believe. So it's rather alarming. It is. So how does somebody know, then, if they have this, this syndrome, this issue, metabolic syndrome? Because you could have high blood pressure, you might have bloating in the gut, you might be a little overweight. There's these things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're diagnosed with metabolic syndrome, correct? It, that is correct. And I feel like most people, even if they do have it, they don't know that they have it. And so it, it's really by definition, it's it's three of those five things, um, the, the blood pressure, blood sugar, body fat, and the cholesterol levels, as well as um, a certain bad cholesterol, your LDL. It's a con combination of three of those five things classifies you as having metabolic syndrome. So, and, okay, you so know, the reason why you, yeah, go ahead. So it's a checklist and you're basically saying you meet three of the five criteria minimum, you're diagnosed with metabolic syndrome. Okay. It's that sure. sounds, that yeah, sounds, and go ahead. And you know, in the, in the name of it, one, one thing people don't realize a lot of times people get to this place where they're like, you know, I'm, I'm over 40, I'm over 50 and I can't lose weight. Well, sitting right in the middle of it is the is metabolic, which to me, I think of metabolism. And that's like, it slows down your metabolism, everything becomes more sluggish. And it comes with a bunch of other yucky symptoms that you might really not think of being correlated with, with this metabolic syndrome condition. Such as? Such as, well, general things that, that things like brain fog, uh, exhaustion, being overwhelmed, um, trying to, to start a new exercise plan and just being wiped out and not being able to do it. Uh, it really is a combination of all these things. And they tie into this, this condition, this metabolic syndrome condition. And, you know, you wouldn't think of something like brain fog being tied into something like your, you know, your blood sugar level or your, 
or your blood pressure, but they really do all tie in together and they make it, they make it so that it's hard to diagnose it and it's hard to find out what's the reason for all of these things. So somebody goes to the doctor and their doctor says, you have metabolic syndrome. You meet three of the five criteria. We did the testing. Congratulations. You're the lucky winner. You're part of the two thirds of adults over 20 that have this syndrome. Okay. What exactly do they do with that information? And what are the, what are the common medicine? What are the doctors telling these people they need to do then uh, at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, you know, as, as you are well aware, our, our medical model is one of a pharmaceutical model. And so uh, what, what makes someone have metabolic syndrome is really individual to them. It's, it's things like the food they eat and whether they're able to get good exercise and what their stress level is and all these other players that can play into it. But unfortunately, usually when you go to the doctor for these things, you're, you're treated for the symptoms. So for example, if your blood pressure is high, you're going to get a blood pressure medicine. If your blood sugar is running high, um, you know, if it gets to be a, an issue of diabetes, you're going to get a blood sugar medicine. But we never really address the root cause, the reason why these things are starting to begin with. And that's really, really the big issue at the heart of all of this. So they're saying here, take this therapeutic or whatever they're giving them. Right. And and then uh, what? Th- that's it? Just take this, put this, put this yeah, Band-Aid over this bleeding wound? Yeah, I uh, feel like basically that's how it's usually treated is, is, uh, you know, here's a pharmaceutical remedy. And then unfortunately, along with that pharmaceutical remedy, without addressing the other issues that come into play, then a patient ends up with side effects from that pharmaceutical. I mean, it's just this, this bad spiral of, of effects that doesn't really have a good ending, uh, Usually, usually. That's got to be extremely frustrating for somebody. When you say that they have all these other side effects, it's easy to see that your waistline is, that you don't fit in those 34 genes anymore. It's easy to see uh, physical appearance. It's easy to see being obese, those kind of things for sure. But, But you don't see necessarily some of the other things as clearly, like you said, uh, if your blood sugar levels, if your body is not recycling or handling glucose, the sugar, right? I mean, that's the whole diabetes thing. Um, right. And then on top of that, you, you you start having brain fog. I found that to be extremely interesting when you said brain fog. Why is brain fog happening? What exactly, what exactly does that look like? Why is it happening? And what exactly is brain fog? Yeah, um, brain fog and... Another funny symptom that I'm not really literally funny, but another symptom that comes along is this sense of overwhelm, just not being able to handle things that you usually you used to be able to handle. So brain fog and overwhelm, really, there's a couple things at play. But one of them, one of the main ones is your ability to absorb nutrients is compromised. And when you can't absorb nutrients, your ability to make energy is very much compromised. So you're exhausted. And then another big one that comes into play is damaged detoxification processes. And so the combination, which is very much, by the way, I um, being able to detox our toxic load is very much nutrient dependent. If we can't bring those nutrients in, 
we can't dump out the toxins and it becomes this just cascade of of the bot the process is not working well mm. when they don't work well it also ties into hormone production so then as a result you're also not able to to make hormones in the right way or to get rid of hormones in the in the right way the whole thing just ends up backed up and those are the chemical processes in the body that lead to that brain fog and that overwhelm mm. that's got to be like i said extremely frustrating because then not only do you feel like pretty crappy uh, on the day to day, but now you're going, yeah. I don't really remember that. I don't feel as sharp. I don't feel as in tune. All these other things yeah. you're probably going, what the heck is going on with me? Absolutely. And you know, when you go to the doctor with something like brain fog or overwhelm, those are symptoms that are often discounted. They're not things that are taken real seriously. Um, a doctor can't can't relate those specifically to a laboratory number to be able to understand what to do with that. So they mm. really are vague, vague symptoms, and they don't lead to good things when you when you are uh, going to a pharmaceutical model to get help for this. And that's where you come into play, because people, it sure is. your your clients or your patients, whatever you refer to them as, are coming to you, and are saying, hey, I need help. And you're helping people that are in their 40s. And really, that's your area of expertise, 40 and beyond. But I assume you're helping anybody. Um, yeah, you know, unfortunately, these symptoms are plaguing people at a younger and younger age. It used to be something that was very much um, something that was that only older people got, but it's very much becoming something that is affecting those that are younger and younger. So it is alarming. So they come to you and then you put them through, I believe, what you call this six domain framework. What exactly yes. is six domain framework? What what are those? Yeah, well, um, what, what you need to recognize is that uh, we are more than just a body system. So, um, you know, for example, if I go to the doctor with with high blood pressure, uh, I'll all too often what happens is that high blood pressure is treated instead of what's really underlying the condition. And so my six domain framework means looking at a person beyond just a body part, but recognizing that all of the body works together. It all works in, in combination with one another. No part of the body works independently. So for example, if you, if you have something like high blood pressure, you need to recognize that there are other components that come into play. Um, it may be something like you're not feeling fulfilled in your career. It may be something like you don't actually have a spiritual practice that, that you instill as part of your day. Maybe you're not getting in healthy movement that makes you feel happy. So understanding that there are, and those are just three of the six of the six domain framework, but you need to understand that you are more complex than just your body system. And that's very much what, what my framework is about. It's treating the person as a whole and understanding that these medical symptoms that you come to the doctor with, uh, there's a lot of things that could be playing into it. And throwing a, a medicine at it might not be the right solution. Now, I'm not against pharmaceuticals. I, I do want to let you know that I started my career in pharmaceutical research, and I very much have a background in pharmaceuticals, I'm not opposed to them, but I just, I don't want that to be the only 
solution when there's usually some other root cause that's that's at play. And this it doesn't get fixed unless we really address the root cause, the thing that started this all in the first place. Okay. So you mentioned the six, you, there, you, you kind of hinted about three of them. And then, and you yeah. said that there's three of the six, let's go through each one of those. So we get a better understanding of your program and just, we can spend just a couple minutes on each. So what's the first one? Well, the first one is, is very much um, spirituality. Understanding. And, and let me interrupt you, Karen. Yeah. Karen, let me just interrupt you real quick. Cause I did see that on one of your Instagram posts and I was surprised because I was expecting yeah. to come and I was going to see all the fancy medical terms, medical jargon, this, and, and then I see spirituality. I'm going, yes. what, what, how is that relating? So anyways, I thought that was interesting. I'm glad you're starting with spirituality. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry, Nate. I, um, I can't even, I, I had a different path I was heading and I don't even have it in front of me. Oh, it's okay. So I said of the six <laughs> of the six domains and I interrupted you rudely because I was happy you started with uh, spirituality as the first one. So go ahead. You said that a lot of times people, you start with things that they're lacking and often that's spirituality. Yeah. Um, and another one is, is, Movement, movement. You know, well, we were stay, meant stay, to stay, be stay on that, though, Karen. Karen, stay on the spirituality, yeah. though. So, what happens? They come to you. How do you how do you determine if somebody is lacking uh, the the spiritual side of things in their life? Oh goodness! Um, you know, when we work together, um, we we talk about everything: career, uh, relationships, all the stresses in life, because all of these things are part of your health, and so. Um, how does it come up? It just, it comes up in, in our, our discussions about how you feel fulfilled and what areas you're not feeling fulfilled. And uh, in terms of spirituality, I'm not saying you need to have a certain religion to be healthy, but if you look at the research, the research shows that those people that incorporate spiritual practices into their, into their life, those are people that are most healthy. Those are people that are most able to combat the day-to-day -day stresses that come about in a healthy way without it adversely affecting their health. And so that, that's what I mean by spirituality. Okay. So you assess that situation and yeah, somebody says- comes up in our discussions. So yeah. somebody says, you, you determine that somebody's complete, completely bankrupt in this first area of the first domain. Yeah. Where, what do you do to help them find some uh, spirituality in their life? Well, I don't tell them what to do. I just ask them questions and they usually tell me what they need. So that's the amazing part. You know, um, usually we go to the doctor because we want to know, we want a solution to what's going on. But in the heart of hearts, we usually understand what's at the root of us not feeling our best. So, um, and I just want to give you an example beyond the spirituality. Let's say... Let's say your job just really sucks and you've got this really, really toxic boss. And every time you you go to work, you just you just dread, dread walking through the door. You walk through the door and he's got nothing good to say. And it's a it's just a really toxic environment. This is going to contribute to something like, you know, something people can relate to, like high blood pressure. You, we all know that feeling, right? Like when when your blood's boiling and you can it's almost like you can feel that your blood pressure is rising. If this person goes to the doctor for high blood pressure, they're going to get a pharmaceutical 
prescription for their high blood pressure. But here's the issue. They don't actually need the pharmaceutical prescription for the high blood pressure because they're going to still go to work and have that toxic boss. So they really need a different approach. So, so what do we do? We talk about it. We talk about what can you do during your job to handle the stress while you're in the midst of it? Um, is there a different job that might be available to you that you could do instead of what you're doing? Um, you know, is there, th th these are just components of health that people don't realize. We're not as simple as our cardiovascular system working independently of all the other players in our life. And if we were to, you know, if we were to make this relate to our spirituality, spirituality gives us tools to deal with stresses that come about in our life. And those tools for some people, that might be prayer. For other people, it might be yoga. Um, for other people, it might be 15 minutes of quiet time where they can just really journal about stuff that's going on. But having this time within your life, mm. uh, it, it helps you to deal with the stresses that come along so that those stresses do not then manifest as an adverse health consequence. Yes. Yoga is a big, yoga is huge. I've done it before and you get into a hot room and you do like a flow session for 30 to 60 minutes and you, yeah. get, you dig deep. It, it could be a very emotional experience. And those types of things do allow you to start healing, start reframing. Like you said, you have this toxic, you're not taking care of the issue at hand. The issue is the, the toxic boss, which you can't really do anything about besides you reframe your own self, change your mindset, change yes. your mentality. I think that's even where you're, you talk about mindfulness. Yeah. I love how you said reframe that, you know, that, that toxic boss and what he or she may be saying to you, you alone get to decide what those words mean to you. So reframing it that, you know, that you're not bad or that you're not bad at your job, but understanding that he's, he or she just maybe is not a great leader, you know, that can really have a, a huge effect on how what you make that mean in your own life and how you allow that to hurt or help your health mm. i gotta tell you i i would imagine that that is the least focused area that anyone ever really focuses on of all these different things to try to make themselves feel better and it's probably the most yeah. important <laughs> oh i like that yes yes i would agree i yeah. would agree so you got the spiritual you aspect that's you the know, number that's the first domain. How about domain number two? Well, domain number two is movement. Um, you know, we we weren't meant to be these stationary individuals. When we are moving, you know, getting exercise in a way that's really good for us, it helps to release toxins. It helps all chemical reactions in our body work correctly. Um, it helps clear the crud. It helps your body. Ironically, you know, when you're real tired, you don't want to get up and and do something. But if you if you decide to make exercise time, that time in your day when you're most tired, it actually gives you more energy. So so movement makes our energy production, the pathways in our body that make energy, it makes it work better. So besides, we we make energy better, we detoxify better. It makes everything move better. So movement needs to be a key component of everybody's life. And unfortunately, people think that, you know, when they're sick or when they're when they have an injury that they're not able to get exercise, but but I show people that they can get exercise no matter what kind of challenges they're dealing with. But everybody needs movement. It's definitely a key player. 
and I don't want to skip ahead just in case I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I assume that you also tell these people, get outside. If you have to just go for a walk, be in oh, nature, gosh. move, move in nature. Yeah. Isn't that amazing when you're, when you're indoors all day under those fake lights and you go outside, it just, it's, it's rejuvenating. It, it makes you feel like a whole different person. Absolutely. It does. And then I, those things definitely have a direct correlation on, as you mentioned, energy, but those would also, the brain fog goes away. You may be in a fog just because yes. you're in a rut and now you, you do something for 30 to 60 minutes and you feel like a different person. And now the clarity is there later that day. Right. Yes, absolutely. Very interesting. Absolutely. Okay. So spirituality movement, what's the third? Um, the third is fulfillment and purpose. Uh, we really need to make sure that what we're doing is something that's in alignment with with what what makes us feel full, fulfilled and what our purposes are for our life. So you you know I'm going to go back to that toxic job. If you've got a job that that you plug through, but you don't feel like you're doing anything anything good for society or or for your family other than the paycheck. Um, you know, you come home and it adversely affects your family. Well, that's going to affect you, affect your health big time. So fulfillment and purpose is number three. How is that going to affect your health? You're going to come home and you're going to plow through a bag of potato chips. You're going to drink a bunch of beer well, that night. Be. What are you going to do? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that that might be the case. But you know what? It also might mean you're not real, real. Well, I'm trying to figure out how the average person is going to make this correlate to their health. But when you walk through the door and you're not real, real nice to the rest of your family, you're not going to feel good inside. It's going to contribute to, to that. You know, if you've got high blood pressure, it's going to increase it. Uh, like you said, the potato chips that you go and you grab or the beer, well, that of course is going to adversely affect your, your blood sugar levels, your cholesterol levels. It's all tied in together. None of this works all by itself. So fulfillment and purpose um, very much is is important to your overall health. Okay, so so far two of the three are really more on the psychological and emotional side, which I find interesting. The first three that we've talked about, numbers one and three have been on the mind. Two was movement more on the physical stuff. So let's see where this continues to go. What's number four? Okay. Well, you know, I got to talk about this one because, of course, my background is is functional medicine and nutrition, but food and nourishment is number four. So you've got to be eating healthy. And our food system is, unfortunately, it's just full of things that they look like food, but they're not actually food. They're toxins. So getting getting those pretend foods out and nourishing with real foods is key. Most of us are very much deficient in nutrients needed nutrients that are needed for making energy, for clearing out the bad stuff, nutrients needed for making hormones and making all of those chemical reactions communicate well within our body. So food and nourishment is a really big one. Mm. And people, I would imagine all of your clients that are coming to you, a vast majority must struggle with the nutrition. Yes. And unfortunately, they've they've usually tried a lot of different things and not been real successful. And so why, usually why are when they, they not successful? Way, well, Karen, what, why, what's, the, what's the cause of them? They get into a groove and then it stops. They get into a groove and it stops. Well, why did why do so many people struggle to sustain the nutrition piece? 
Well, I, I don't think there's just one reason, but I, I really feel like one of the most predominant reasons is that our, our corporate America food system is um, it's broken. And so, so the things that we look to on the shelves, they're, they're not real food, they're toxins. So, so one of the big issues is that folks don't know where real food is. They've learned to comfort themselves by food that is fake and by food that is full of chemicals that are, that are poisoning them. So that's, that's a big one. Um, Another big one is that food is tied into our, you know, our social things that we do. So when we go out with friends, you know, you mentioned having a beer, having a beer with friends when you go out or having some of those chicken wings that are (laughs) grown in a farm that's, that's not healthy and they have chemicals all over them. So it's hard to find real food in our society. And, um, and that's, that's definitely a challenging one. So where do you tell people to go to find the most real food that they can? Do you give them any suggestions? Well, you know, one of the great ones is uh, when you go into the grocery store, usually the real food lies around the periphery of the grocery store. The middle is usually full of, of those ones that are most toxic, that are, that are in boxes. Um, sometimes it's not that simple these days, though, because uh, it, it's becoming harder and harder for folks to understand what real food is. But I'll simplify it as much as I can. Real food usually only has one ingredient. One ingredient, are, are, and that's the, the key to real food. Something like rice or something like, you know, broccoli without all of the toxins. And if we're going to take it one step further, ideally, food that is organic, that has as little amount of toxins or pesticides on it, um, our foods are very much polluted with things that are hidden. The The toxins are hidden in there. So we do go step by step in just learning like wh- where the real food is and learning how to prepare the real food so that you're not a slave to the kitchen. You can, mm. and once people start this, you know, it's hard in the beginning, but once you start to get in a routine of understanding how to prepare real food, and what the difference it makes you feel inside and the increase in energy and the elimination of the gut problems, the diarrhea, the constipation, all of the things that people think are normal these days. Once folks start to eat real food, it usually it usually propels them to continue on because they start to feel so good. So that's yes. the good thing. Yes. So, okay, yeah. one ingredient and stay on the perimeter at the store. That's a good starting point. Yes. Got it. Got yeah, it. that's okay. an excellent starting point. Absolutely. Okay, yes. so food, the nutrition, clearly that's the, the core of what you do. Number five. Um, habits. Your habits need to be in harmony with with what you want to do. So if if your if your current um the thing that you're working on right now is to maybe increase your energy. So you've just been really tired, you haven't been able to really feel fulfilled with your job or what you do outside of your job because you're exhausted all the time. And let's say we work on a food plan that helps you to be able to be in a place where you you get more energy. Your habits have to be in harmony with the goals that you've set for yourself. So if you're going to wake up at six in the morning and head to the gym, then those habits need to need to be in harmony. If you keep pushing snooze and you skip the gym, then your habits are not in harmony with the goals that you're setting out for yourself. So having habits that really, really help you to become your best self is number five. And what's final number six? 
Yeah. Number six is my favorite one. And it's rest and recovery. When we're resting, that's when everything heals. And we have, you know, society right now, it's go, go, go. And go, go, go does not equate to to health and to healing and to being able to, you know, enjoy your hobbies and those things outside of work or even to enjoy work itself. Rest and recovery is where your body heals. And so it's super important that you have rest and recovery incorporated into your your healing. Absolutely. Are you a fan, are you a fan of naps? Oh, I am. I am. Um, it's a challenge for me. I, I, um, but yes, I think, <laughs> I think naps are phenomenal. I would echo that. How about sentiment. you? I would echo that yes. tenfold for sure. For sure. Um, and I honestly, again, I feel better on days that I'm able to get a nap in, not a two hour nap, but 30 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes, 20 minutes, something like that, where you, maybe you are slightly tired when you first wake up, but Boy, I'll tell you, that really gets you through the rest of the day. And again, you do feel more clarity. You feel less brain fog. You feel better about yourself. You probably not. Then it leads, it, it, like you said, it's a domino effect. This is not one thing and one thing only. There's so many factors that come into play because when you're feeling better about yourself, then you're not feeling the need to plow through the bag of potato chips and sit around all night and yeah. do nothing. You want to be productive and, and it just has this, this uh, uh, domino effect across the board. You know, I like you. I like that you said that. I I do want to stress that, you know, these these six domains. It very much is a domino effect. When you start making progress in one, the rest just start to come into play. It's amazing. For example, like when you start start eating better and you get more nourishment in, it's easier to exercise and you feel more more fulfilled by that. Uh, when you do have this quiet time, when you can have prayerful time, you're more able to think about, hey, I'd like to connect with some folks that I haven't been able to connect with. You just you think about things in a different way. Um, and one definitely has a domino effect on all the rest. I love that you said that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's it's beautiful. Uh, so we're getting close here to finishing it up. Uh, your program. Take us. If somebody wants to work with you. What do you have? You have a nine. It's a 90 day program. Yes, we, we work together for three to four months. It depends on, um, we, we might take a couple weeks off in between there, but what we do is it's a three to four month program. Uh, you can access more information at thrivenaturalnutrition.com. I work in collaboration with your healthcare team. I help you understand the nutritional components to the symptoms that you're having and help you to understand all of the different players in your life so that you can understand how to make lifestyle changes that are positive, that help you reach health and healing. Um, and I also, you know, I want you to understand that there, there is a different approach than just the conventional medical approach out there. I'm not against it. I work in collaboration with it, but it's missing some key features to health and healing that need to be at the base of your health journey. ThriveNaturalNutrition.com. We've linked that in the show notes. Anyone that wants to learn more about Karen and her program, please click the link and you could find her there through the website. Um, give us a, an example. Give us a story, a positive, heartfelt Ooh. story that we can get some inspiration from of a client. Maybe it's a recent one. Maybe it's a, it, when I say client, is it, you, are they clients or patients? 
Yeah, I call them both. I'm glad you asked, but <laughs> but definitely I call them both. Yes, okay. I I'd love to tell you a story. Um, tell us about somebody tell that you came about, in. That was, uh, someone that was down on their luck. They came in with you, and then they transformed. Give us something. Yeah. Okay. So I want to tell you about Katie. Katie came to me. She had just turned 40 and she was about 200 pounds overweight. And her most debilitating symptoms at the time were this frequent and unpredictable diarrhea, crazy brain fog, dizziness, lack of balance and exhaustion. And she was a teacher. And at the time, her symptoms were getting worse and worse to the point that she was she was considering taking a year off of teaching. And she thought she wasn't going to be able to go back. Um, the, the diarrhea was so bad. She was scared to leave the house. Mm. If she ate food when she was out, she feared not finding a bathroom in time because, uh, because of her symptoms and due to the dizziness, she had stopped driving and had to rely on others to drive her around. So you can imagine this is pretty, this is impacting her life big time. So, um, what happened to Katie is when she went to the doctor, her symptoms were discounted due to her weight. She actually was seen only as she, she said when she went to the doctor, people saw her just as a fat girl in the chair. So she would go to the doctor for something as simple as like a sore throat. And they would tell her that she needed to lose weight. Um, and, and, and I want you to know that these kind of things, a lot of times people only healthcare providers make assumptions on someone based on what they look, look like, because they simply don't have time to address the things that are really at the root cause of what's going on. So she'd been to many, many specialists and she, she went to neurologists, gastroenterologists, an endocrinologist. She had been to a dietitian, and each one said that they could only treat a small part of her. But, but Katie wasn't one small part, just like you and I are not. We are, we are not just that one symptom that, that we're dealing with. So Katie had complex problems. She also had the compilation of things that we described as metabolic syndrome. And um, when we started walking, working together, I never talked about her weight, not at all. Instead, we talked about the food and what the food was causing, what symptoms were, were happening to her because of the food. We figured out what the main players were that she was reacting to, and we started to gradually get her foods that weren't causing any, any cascade of symptoms in her body. I helped her to understand what are the other players that are coming into play that are causing the symptoms that are going on. Um, she still had her team of other providers that helped her with, with some of the different conditions that she was dealing with. But I want you to, to tell you that after a year of working together without ever putting her on a, you know, calorie reduction diet or anything, her symptoms went away. Her dizziness went away. Her brain fog went away. When she came to me, she was considering not teaching. She thought that she was going to be on disability for the rest of her life. I'm happy to report that she is still teaching and she's loving it more than ever because she has more energy than ever. She has lost a total of 75 pounds currently without trying. The weight is just coming off. She is a new person. And, um, and Katie is just an example of one person that was discounted by our medical profession because there were assumptions that were made, but but there wasn't time to really address the the things that were really at the root of the symptoms that she was happening having. And so she just has been an inspiration to me. She still is losing weight. She's doing incredible. Um, she tells everybody about what an awesome 
awesome time that we had working together and and she gives inspiration to other people. So so I hope that that helps others out there recognize that you know, if you feel like you're at a place where there's no hope, there is hope. There is hope. You just need a different approach. If what you're doing isn't working, you need to you need to keep searching for something that will work. Um, but don't don't keep banging your head up against the wall of what's not working. Really look for other approaches. Mm, so powerful, so beautiful, and so powerful. Uh, Karen Allenbaugh, thank you so much. Continued success, continued blessings. Uh, I really appreciate your, our, our time here today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.